Hello everyone and welcome to episode 67 of The Stagey Place, the podcast where I, Elliot, get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre. And on this episode we are going full festive with a panto director, James Williams, who is a part of the Watford Palace Theatre's Beauty and the Beast, which is playing from the 3rd until the 31st of December 2022. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode, it's the first in quite a few episodes coming up now where we are talking with those who are bringing shows for the festive period so it's really nice to start with this tradition of pantomime that is done up and down the country and for James to come on and talk about how he directs the show at the Watford Palace Theatre is really exciting. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and let's get straight into it. Hello James and welcome to the Stagey Place. How are you doing today? I'm great thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. James, today we are going to be talking about Beauty and the Beast, which is coming to the Watford Palace Theatre this festive season for families in the classic pantomime. James, you are the director here at the Watford Palace Theatre. Tell us, how is everything going so far? It's going really well, thank you. Yes, we actually had our first run of the show uh, yesterday. So it's really exciting to see it all coming together for the first time after after sort of two weeks of of all the dance calls, all the learning of the songs, going through all of the scenes and to sort of see this, the story emerging and the whole piece coming together and the performances um, from our fantastic cast come together. Um, it's really exciting. Another week before we go into tech and we sort of zits probe and, and all those sort of aspects of, of rehearsal sort of towards the end of this week. It's really great to to be in, in, in a position where we've got a week where we can continue working on things and, and running it before we get into the theatre. That is incredibly exciting. And tell us a little bit about your history in directing. Is this the first pantomime you ever directed? Talk to us about how you got into pantomime and directing in general. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, to start, my interest in theatre began. I was probably about three or four years old and my dad decided to take me to see my mum performing in a, a GNS opera, I think it was. And he took me to the matinee and he thought I'd last about two minutes, get bored, and then he could take me home because he was due to see it that evening. And I ended up sitting through the whole thing. So, so we had to go and see the show twice. And ever since then, I've just had been fascinated by theatre and did a lot of youth theatre and then student theatre and then started a career. But I actually I actually didn't start out in directing. Uh, my interest in theatre, I programmed a venue, I was an administrator, uh, I did all sorts of jobs, did box office, you name it, um, like a lot of people actually um, working in the industry. But the job of directing was one that always fascinated me, not least because it was that job that actually sort of involved talking to and working with most of the people within the theatre. And I've always been a bit of a generalist. And so my career really started in youth theatre, then started working with community and then with professional actors, um, doing a lot of work for families. So that's yeah. kind of where the kind of pantomime career took off is that I just loved making work for family audiences. And one of the things I love about making pantomime is that you've got to create a show that works for you know three four-year-olds and it also works for their parents and their grandparents and there's something really exciting about that kind of cross-generational appeal of pantomime. Yeah I hear a lot when I talk to guests about where their history began with theatre it is when they were a child and they were brought to the pantomime to see their very first one and you know people always remember their first pantomime I remember mine being Jack and the Beanstalk when I was about four or five years old my grandparents always do this thing where they won't bring the grandchildren until they're at least four or five because they at least want to see the production as well and they don't want to disturb anybody else around the room so it's usually yeah I was about four or five years old when I had my first pantomime and obviously like I say pantomime is kind of the first 
thing that kids ever see. What do you think it is about pantomime that just gets everybody together? I think it's just the kind of general mix of everything that it contains. I mean, it has sort of magic staging. It's got fantastic songs, hopefully ones that as many of the audience as possible will have heard of. Brilliant dance routine, spectacle. I mean, it just has it all. And I think for kind of younger audiences as well, it's just a kind of a, a great story and lots of excitement, all condensed into a kind of roller coaster of an experience. I mean, I always talk about with the actors is that a page of pantomime script you know you can go everywhere in that page you you can be transported you can be high drama high comedy fast slapstick the whole thing can all happen within a page and that's incredibly exciting I think for anybody to see in a theatre yeah it is incredibly exciting so tell us this year Watford Palace Theatre are doing Beauty and the Beast which I've never actually I must say seen as a pantomime so tell us a little bit about what audiences can expect when coming to the Watford Palace Theatre and seeing Beauty and the Beast this festive season. Absolutely. I mean, it's a classic fairy tale. But interestingly, it's kind of one of the interesting pantomimes in that you've got kind of two lead characters, for one thing, which doesn't happen with a lot of the other pantomimes. And a lot of people know the kind of fairy tale or are very familiar with the kind of Disney version. But actually, for pantomime, there are so many other things that work into the story as well. So I think the joy of this story is that you've got all of these different elements, you know, things that people might recognise from the cartoon or the the, the live action remake or any of the other versions of Beauty and the Beast that have, have been made cinematically. But then you've got the fantastic fairy tale at its heart and this really brilliant story and this year with our pantomimes we always like to do something uh, new and different and we've actually set it in Paris very much sort of in honouring of the sort of French tradition of the story Um, but it's kind of got a theatre setting so we've got the Rosé Rouge theatre at its heart and there's kind of stage magic and real magic and all kinds of kind of exciting ingredients as well as the ball scene and all of the kind of wonderful romantic and fantastic moments that you know from the original story And I think that's really exciting, that kind of alchemy between the sort of traditions of pantomime and the traditions of these fairy tales and where that takes you with with a bit of kind of imagination and some modern pop songs thrown in. Yeah. And so we should talk about the rest of the team on Beauty and the Beast, because I was reading that this production is written by Offie Award winner for Best Pantomime, Andrew Pollard, who also wrote last year's Watford Pantomime. Tell us a little bit about working with Andrew and the rest of the team on especially this year's Beauty and the Beast. Well, I mean, I've been working with Andy now, I think, on about three or four pantomimes, but he's actually been working on our Watford Pantomimes for about 11 years. So he kind of really knows our audience, really knows the venue really well, which I think is absolute bonus. And I have to say his script this year has got some of the most hilarious scenes I think he's ever written for us. It's a really cracking, inventive, fun and imaginative telling of, of the story. And also working again with Cleo Pettit, who Andy's a long time kind of collaborator with and has also been working with us, I think, for the same number of years. I think they both started working on the Watford Pantomime the sort of same time. And and Cleo won the Pantomime Award last year for design work as well. So it's like we're, it's brilliant to be working with her and collaborating with her. And in fact, we've had a really interesting process this time time round in that the kind of the script and the design have been developed together in tandem with one another and that's kind of led to some really exciting um, discoveries and opportunities with the three of us working together and we've also got our regular dame Terence Frisch back for his 10th panto and that's just brilliant because he he's a local local man loves the audiences absolutely love him he's hilarious knows panto inside out so if you ever if you're ever in doubt about any of the traditions Terence will let you know he's 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 
brilliant, absolutely brilliant to work with. And as well as that kind of core team, and there's lots of fantastic new collaborators. MD Ellie Verkirk, who's a fantastic musical director. Uh, she's done a mashup this year of BTS, Lizzo and ABBA, which is just it's phenomenal how well it works. And I'm yeah. really excited to get in front of an audience. Also choreographer Tarek Frimpong. Uh, he's an amazing young uh, choreographer that I'm sort of delighted to be working with um, on, on this year's Panto. And lighting designer Jamie Platt, really experienced lighting designer who's, yeah. who's worked at Watford, I think, once before. On, and Sarah Weltman uh, on sound design, um, incredibly experienced sound designer. And uh, you can't wait to get into kind of tech week, see and hear all of their work in action. And as well as all of, of those people, we've got a magic consultant this year as well to bring yeah. some of this magic alive so uh, Richard Pinn is our, our magic consultant helping us to pull off some amazing tricks and spectacles and then of course there's there's the regular in-house team at, at Watford Palace Theatre who might you know my friends and colleagues who put so much kind of loving hard work into the pantomime every year and I'm really excited to see what we we're going to produce for the audiences. Yeah, and obviously, James, like you just said, they're friends and colleagues there at the Watford Palace Theatre. Tell me a little bit about your work away from pantomime. You were saying beforehand in the previous question, you like the family feel of productions. You've worked on them in the past. You know, what else can people see throughout the year away from pantomime from you, James? Uh, well, actually, my, my my role at Watford Palace Theatre as associate director kind of really takes me uh, a lot of the time into working with youth and community and schools, which, as I say, is invaluable when you're then trying to do the pantomime because yeah. or, or putting on the pantomime because you're putting it on for schools' audiences and you're making it for families. I'm always uh, asking the youth theatre what music they're listening to, so I kind of make sure that I'm kind of hitting some of those kind of really popular hits for the younger end of our audience every time it comes around. So that kind of takes up a lot of my time, and it's brilliant working at Watford Palace Theatre. There's such a variety variety of work that we make you know we recently had a katak uh, performance from from shristi local company doing a vita i mean every week there's something new in the theater and exciting happening a ghost tour we had a shipping container on the high street with a show called seance spooking out our audiences there's a real variety and and a real variety of projects that i get involved with in fact earlier this year i, I was working on the youth theater doing a devised piece with 30 young people imagining the teenage house party that takes place off stage in Abigail's Party alongside our in-house production of, of Abigail's yeah. Party with with Rifco Theatre Company. So it's a kind of real, real mix. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get each week and it's a bit different and the variety sounds incredible. Uh, <laughs> and obviously you end it off with the pantomime at the end of the year. Well, James, we have been talking about Beauty and the Beast, which is at Watford Palace Theatre. James, I want to talk about advice you might have for people listening into this episode who want to become a director or, you know, get involved in theatre, like you're just saying there, as the associate director of the Watford Palace Theatre. It may not just be directing, but they want to be associated with a theatre itself. But for people starting out in directing, what advice would you have for them? I mean, the first thing I would definitely say is, is just try and learn as much as possible about theatre making in general. Uh, I mean, I think all of those jobs I took in my kind of early career or even before I started my career, just working in, in youth theatre and, and with local amateur companies were just invaluable in just understanding how theatre gets made from all kinds of different perspectives. And particularly if you want to be a director, I think you have to have a common language with so many people doing with so many fantastic specialisms, doing so many different jobs that the more you've you've got some understanding of what they do I think it, it really improves your work as a director and then I think the other thing I would say is is sort of develop your artistic voice there was a, a really interesting point in my early career where I, I I would ask my question what should what should I do with this play or what should I do with this scene and and I sort of s suddenly realized that I was sort of asking the wrong question I should really sort of be asking what do I want to do and I found my work 
improved overnight just just switching up that question and I think really that was a reflection in me learning to trust my own artistic voice having developed that and that's 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 a kind of ongoing process I mean I'm kind of still discovering who I am and why I make the work and how best to make the work and and learning from fantastic talented colleagues so yeah that, that would be my main advices I think well, James, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I do have one final question for you, though, and it is the title of this podcast, and that is The Stagey Place. And it's what I love about asking all of my guests where their stagey place is. Sometimes it's not in the UK. Sometimes it's not a theatre. Sometimes it's just anywhere in the world. And it's it is incredible, which is why I love asking different people, because they've all come from different backgrounds. But James, the stagey place is a place that inspires you to become anything that anyone has ever been in theatre. So it could be a theatre that you grew up with, your regional theatre that housed the production that you really remember and inspired you. Or like I said earlier, it cannot even be a theatre itself. Maybe it's a person that's inspired you. Maybe it's a director who you admired their work and now you are the director because you enjoyed that piece of theatre and you reached out to them, maybe. But James Williams, reveal to us, whereabouts is your stagey place? I mean, I'm just going to start with a little caveat, because uh, I think um, having worked there for 19 years and made work with youth, youth theatre community, professional actors, the whole shebang, it would be almost impossible for me to not name the Watford Theatre stage as my stagey place to a certain degree because it's been my home of making theatre and I've actually, it's been a rare honour for me that to be able to make work in for the same community in the same space over such a long period a lot of directors end up kind of moving all around places but I've been kind of resident there in a number of different roles um you know from youth theatre assistant all the way up to my current role as associate director directing the pantomime and all sorts of other projects so there's slightly da, 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 not so <laughs> So surprising answer, uh, I think would have to be Watford Palace Theatre. But I would like to have a little bit of a shout out as well to some of those kind of church halls, kind of school stages, those small spaces uh, or just very informal spaces or just, you know, with whatever resources they had, those fantastic spaces that I first discovered the joy of making theatre and the joy of being on a stage and performing. Because I think for me, youth theatre is so important. It's been so important in my life, developing confidence, developing my creative skills, my self-expression. It's had such an important role in my mental health, uh, in all kinds of things that I always think of those spaces. Uh, and when I'm making work as well, I always kind of look back to the occasions when I was sort of first in theatre and making theatre, being inspired. So as well as my kind of professional home for, you know, getting on for 20 years, uh, I'd also like to kind of have a shout out to all of those kind of school hall stages, those community hall stages that were a, a kind of commonplace that I'd be uh, when I was growing up and really kind of helped to nurture and inspire my love and interest in theatre. Yeah, well, James, I know that I just want to branch off because I know that you've just said there you've been working at the Watford Palace for 19 years, working with the community, everyone around Watford. If I can pick your brain, and I know this is going to be a difficult question, but if I could pick your brain, what have been some of your highlights in the past 19 years? What would you say have been your highlights? Oh, wow. Uh, there's been a few. I mean, so I, so I directed a football musical in 2010 called Hello, Mr. Capello. And it was the same year as the World Cup. So it's quite interesting that kind of the World Cup's happening again. Whenever it comes around, I kind of always think back to that show. And there was like 70 people on stage, uh, you know, Watfordians from all kinds of ages, backgrounds, you name it. Some who'd never done any theatre before, some who absolutely loved doing theatre, varying levels of experience, etc. And it was just, that was that was an incredible experience because it was like Watford on stage 
stage, not just theatre, but also my other passion, football. Bringing those two passions together uh, was absolutely fantastic. And, and getting to work with the Watford Football Club and, and BBC Concert Orchestra, there were so many brilliant partners working on that production. So that was a definite highlight. Also a direct, a vampire story by Moira Buffini, who's, who I absolutely adore as a writer. I think she's, she's an absolutely amazing writer. Uh, and I directed that with our youth theatre at Watford and uh, we were lucky enough to be selected to go to the National Theatre. And in fact, one of our actors from that show, uh, Ben Boscovich, is our beast and our, our, right. our beau in, in Beauty and the Beast now. So it's kind of come round full circle that Ben, who was somebody who I met when he was 12, uh, doing an open audition in a school in, in sort of deepest, darkest Hertfordshire. He's now our beast in our pantomime. And that for me is is really joyous and a real highlight to see some of those kind of people that I made work with, you know, at the very start of my career, now coming back as kind of industry professionals or doing other amazing things in this work in the world and, and and coming across their work and just being really kind of proud and impressed that they're carving out a fantastic career for themselves. So a lot of full circle moments then within your career. That is wonderful. Well, James, that is it. Thank you so much for coming on to the stage place today to talk about Beauty and the Beast, which is at the Watford Palace Theatre until the 31st of December 2022. James Williams, thank you so much for joining me on the stage place. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And there we go. That was my interview with James Williams, the director of Beauty and the Beast, which is being staged at the Watford Palace Theatre from the 3rd until the 31st of December 2022. It sounds like a fantastic pantomime happening in Watford this Christmas. So I really, really hope that audiences get to enjoy the production. And if you're listening to the show wanting to buy tickets, then please do make sure to get down as it sounds like bringing a magic consultant onto the show will make it really stand out amongst the other pantos around the UK. So that's all for me this week. However, if you are listening live, do check back later this week as we will have episode 68, which will actually not be hosted by me, but Sam Pout, one of our new hosts here on The Stagey Place. So do make sure to check out his episode for 68 and I'll join you back on episode 69 of The Stagey Place. So until I hear from you next, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.